Hey there, friends. Can I tell you that Jesus is clear-eyed about this coronavirus? He's not even blinking. And if we are abiding in him, do you see where this is going to go today? Hello there, friend. This is Brian Del Turco. Welcome to a special episode of Jesus Martha Podcast, episode 115. Today, we are focusing upon the major item in the news right now, the coronavirus. And we're coming at it from an angle of smart awareness about what's happening, staying updated. But we're also injecting faith and the supernatural and the power of prayer for protection into the dialogue. This show will be packed with information, but I'll respect your time as well as a listener. In the show, we have a, about a five-minute dialogue with J.C.L. Falto, a, a friend of the show, a colleague in many respects. We have some thoughts and perspective on the issue. Following influenza prevention practices, common sense practices, how can we enhance our immune system? We'll be hearing a very short report about researchers in Israel. They're just on the edge of a breakthrough in their research. You'll hear about that. We'll be looking at a prophecy by Sean Bowles. I don't know what you think about this, but you'll probably find it encouraging a prophecy specifically about the coronavirus. We'll be looking at Psalms 91, how to marinate in Psalms 91, how to read it, practice mindfulness, pray it, say it, and then we'll end with a prayer and some prayer focus points, prayer targeting on this issue. I encourage you to go to the show notes page at jesussmart.com forward slash stay healthy. When you first go there, there may not be everything that's eventually will be on that page in terms of resources and links, many of them in this episode, but keep coming back to it. It's sort of like a living, breathing web page, okay? It'll grow, and um, I think you'll find it a great resource page, and you may want to share it. I would encourage you to share it with your friends and relatives and those uh, who you feel may value this information. I'm not a doctor, nor do I pretend to be one on the internet, but um, here's a short summary and update of the coronavirus from the Cleveland Clinic website, one of the premier medical institutions on the planet, about the coronavirus. Um, it's uh, the Coronavirus Disease 2019, I think is the technical name. It's abbreviated as COVID-19. You probably hear about it as the coronavirus. What is it? Well, it's a virus strain first identified in a major huge city in China, Wuhan, I believe is the pronunciation. It has only been spreading in people since December of 2019. From one other resource that I looked at, I guess it's believed that it could ultimately be uh, traced to bats, and then it jumped to another species of animal. There are these exotic open-air food markets, and somehow it became transmitted to humans as well. Health experts are closely monitoring the situation, the Cleveland Clinic says. It has the potential to cause severe illness and pneumonia in some people. How is it spread and what are the symptoms? It's primarily spread through respiratory droplets, which means to become infected, people generally must be within six feet of someone who is contagious and come into contact with these droplets, like through sneezing or coughing. It may be possible that you can get this virus by touching a surface or object that has the virus on it, and then, of course, touching your own mouth, 
your nose, possibly your eyes, but this is not thought to be the main way the virus spreads. It's believed that you breathe it in, it goes into your lungs, it goes into your nasal passages, and that is the main way of transmission. Here's some information from Wikipedia as of March the 3rd, 2020, more than 92,000 cases have been confirmed globally. 8,000 are classified as serious. That's 8.8%. It's now in more than 77 countries and territories. And major outbreaks are, of course, in central China, where it started, South Korea, northern Italy, and Iran. Iran is now the second major epicenter. More than 3,100 people have died, about 2,900 of those 3,100 in mainland China. I encourage you to frequent quality sources on the web to learn more about and stay updated, like the CDC website, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, and also something like the Cleveland Clinic website or the Mayo Clinic. You need to know that most cases are mild. Something like 80% of people who contract this are mild. There are flu-like symptoms. Amazingly, children are not really coming down with this virus. Most deaths are elderly and or have underlying health conditions. Now, I wanted to talk with a friend of the show, J.C. Alfalto, with a few thoughts and perspective about the coronavirus. Do you feel that if individuals, if they have a low-grade anxiety, maybe they haven't, Maybe they're not in a good spiritual state or a good psychological state, sort of a subconscious low-grade anxiety to begin with. And then when a crisis hits, boy, does it flare out right into the open and people really um, almost get into a panic state. Uh, it's like having a proper anchor, but you don't have one. Right out of Proverbs, anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. You know, there's this fear mm -hmm. of of something that's going to sweep us over and we have no control over it. I think you were uh, mentioning about the um, some results, some metrics from Twitter that was being reported in an article, I think, by the Washington Post, mm -hmm. how much of a huge conversation is going on about conspiracy theories and misinformation. What's the what's the cliff notes on that? So basically, uh, they were reporting that, they being the Washington Post, uh, that two million tweets had been shared about coronavirus conspiracy theories in about a month's time. So from the moment the World Health Organization uh, basically declared it as you know global emergency, international emergency, two million tweets had been shared with just all kinds of theories about like where it originated, why it originated, and they they spanned from things of Bill and Melinda Gates uh, had been the uh, been the perpetrators to you know to probably one that would be like out of a movie. It's like a bioweapon, but yeah, pretty wild stuff. What would your sort of advice be, Josh, for the um, modern Westerner, even the first worlder person that's really wigging out right now? From a Christian standpoint, you know, it's all about, you know, getting into a state of humility with the Lord and just asking, you know, for protection, you know, just praying for protection and praying for wisdom, you know, not being caught up in all the narratives that are out there. There was an, another verse here that I, w I was going to share with you out of Psalm 38 uh, that says, for I confess my iniquity, I am full of anxiety because of my sin. Uh, you know, when we are in this state of panic, uh, you know, there's something that is underneath the surface that, you know, we're not dealing with, you know, mm -hmm. and we need to give that to the Lord, turning our eyes towards something that's solid, you know, to, and not getting so caught up in every single piece of narrative that comes our way that is trying to invoke fear or invoke some kind of paralysis, you know, even in our spirit. 
Yeah, the the misinformation or like even to use some New Testament words like speculations, like speculative thinking, the adversary of our soul can really ride on some of that stuff and try to engender fear mm-hmm. and anxiety, which which frankly, psychologically and biologically will suppress your immune system if your spirit is heavy and, and sad and anxious and, and it's known to suppress your immune system. So we're not trying to put our heads in the sand, are we? But but we're just trying to get common sense, solid information and also bring a spiritual emphasis to it. In my family, I know specifically there's there's almost this spirit of anxiety that can kind of permeate through many family members. You can almost say it's genetic in some way. So almost praying against those kinds of things, especially when these sorts of things seem to just flood the airwaves and create a lot of yeah. static that can really prey upon areas of our, you know, just, you know, who we are that can just kind of exacerbate issues. I would say like expose yourself to good, solid information enough to be adequately informed, but don't overexpose yourself to sensationalism, right? Because we know like in the news media, for example, if it bleeds, it leads. And so <laughs> the idea is to keep eyeballs on the screen or, you know, listening and then sell advertising. Um, and so there's a lot of sensationalism in news. It's just grinding, churning constantly. Again, as a, as a believer, you know, there's solid footing you should have. Not easy, of course, not, not, not easy in the midst of a lot of things that can occur, but we should have really no excuse in terms of being able to plant ourselves firmly and then look into that horizon without feeling like all this fear is going to cripple us, you know, and, and keep us from moving forward the kingdom. I like what you said there. I mean, you're saying that as believers, as kingdom-minded believers who are really seeking to grow in the Lord and, you know, develop in a, in a kingdom worldview, if we could put it that way, should be thinking at a higher plane, right? And, and our horizons are different, and, and thus our belief set points are different. I, yeah, you're absolutely right, Brian. And, and that's the big thing, too, especially now with, with the onset of social media, is that there's such a, you know... Uh, proclivity towards the first thing I read is the thing I believe, Mm. you know, like that as soon as I, if it's, if it's at the top of my news feed, then it must be important. Other people must be thinking it. They must be talking about it. Obviously it must be true if it's on the internet, right? It's gotta be true if it's on the web. Didn't didn't Abraham Lincoln say that once, you know, if it's on the internet, it must be true. (laughs) That's exactly. (laughs) Wasn't that a A case in point of, of a, of a fib on the internet yeah. right there, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And and I think, you know, again, not falling prey to that and not just following whatever spirit of information is around us, but really testing it, you know, and really trying to uh, yeah, not get so caught up in all these things. All this hearsay, right? Yes. Hearsay gets very corrupted and polluted as it comes through different generations, iterations. And, you know, we have to be more discerning than that. Jesus said, be careful how you hear and also be careful what you hear. And and we should be, um, you know, have a higher quality inputs of information and understanding. Understanding that, you know, God's going to have his day uh, and just, you know, having a greater horizon that we're, that we're moving towards. You know, that's just, that should not be the posture of a, of a, a kingdom oriented person. Thanks, Joshua Felto. He's a great thinker and a fellow uh, colleague in, in, in many respects. I appreciate you taking a few minutes on the show today. Can I just share with you some basic influenza prevention practices? Because the Cleveland Clinic is saying just follow basic influenza prevention practices, common sense. And yes, you'll keep hearing this everywhere in the media. Wash your hands. Keep washing your hands, often with soap, 
in warm water for at least 15 to 20 seconds. If soap and water are not available, use a hand sanitizer frequently throughout your day with at least 60% alcohol. Number two, just try to avoid touching your eyes and your nose and your mouth, especially with unwashed hands. I know we do this subconsciously. It's like we have to become aware. Don't touch your face, basically. Avoid close contact within six feet with people who are sick. If you are sick with anything, just try to stay home. Stay home and don't and don't share the joy, right? <laughs> Cover your cough or your sneeze with a tissue or do it in the elbow um, of your arm, not your hands. Throw the tissue away in the trash. This is just common sense courtesy and general hygiene practices. And then standard household cleansers and wipes are effective in cleaning and disinfecting frequently touched objects and surfaces, doorknobs water faucets, you know, counters, uh, the toilet, the, the handle on the toilet, you know, just, just common sense, flat surfaces at work and at home. I don't know. You may even want to do this in your vehicle, your gear shifter, your steering wheel. Um, we do it in our kitchen with like, um, you know, the handles on the refrigerator and freezer, the handle on the microwave, counter, you know, knobs on the stove, water faucet, just common sense. Just follow basic common sense influenza prevention practices. Now, what can we do to actually enhance our immune system? Because the creator, of course, has designed us with a built-in resistance system to all kinds of disease and sickness. This comes from Harvard Health publishing adequate sleep. Don't get sleep deprived. That suppresses your immune system. Maybe practice taking a 20-minute nap somewhere in the day as well if you can, but certainly at night, seven to eight hours is what we need to be targeting. Um, You know, those hours, uh, that hour or two before we go to sleep, try to stay away from screens. Try not to eat. Allow your body to start relaxing and gear down to get the best night's sleep possible. Another point, minimize stress. Uh, You know, exercise minimizes stress. Use music, reading, meditation, prayer. Stay ahead of situations. We all have tasks and projects and lists that grind on us. Try to get on the front of the wave and not the back of the wave, which creates stress. Stress inhibits our immune system. Cut down on sugar. This is a big one. Did you know that sugar suppresses your immune system? This is a great time to cut down, cut back, really gear down on our sugar intake. Pop, it's everywhere. Box, I mean, look at what you're eating. See see how many grams of sugar are in it. Try to stay away from processed foods that come in boxes and containers. Uh, eat whole foods. Uh, they recommend that we eat more fruits and vegetables as well as whole foods, not processed foods. If you drink alcohol, drink it in moderation. Really try to cut that back. Exercise regularly, like six days a week, maybe seven. Try to take two 20-minute walks if you can. Did you know that when you exercise, even walking, a brisk walk, it gears up your immune system for something like three to four hours after your walk? And when you build that into your daily repertoire, your daily schedule, you are going to enhance your immune system. And of course, don't smoke. 
The Cleveland Clinic recommends these three vitamins to target to boost your immune system in your foods. And if you want to supplement, vitamin C, probably everyone knows about that one. It's one of the biggest immune system boosters of all. In fact, a lack of vitamin C can even make you more prone to getting sick. Foods rich in vitamin C, what, what do they include? Well, we know about oranges, certainly grapefruits, tangerines, strawberries, bell peppers, spinach, kale, broccoli. Time to start eating broccoli. Uh, daily intake of vitamin C is essential for good health. Cleveland Clinic also recommends vitamin B6. B6, they say it's vital to supporting the biochemical reactions in our immune system. We want to optimize our immune system. Foods rich in vitamin B6 include chicken, cold water fish like salmon. I'm a huge fan of salmon. Tuna. I got to get back to tuna. Get the albacore tuna in water. Vitamin B6 is also found in green leafy vegetables, chickpeas. Chickpeas, of course, the main ingredient in hummus. I encourage you personally to do the spring salad, the darker leafy green salads. Try to eat at least one, if not two salads a day. Put olive oil on there. Put some kind of a, a balsamic vinegar or something like that. Yeah, eat salad. Tremendous. Vitamin E is the third vitamin Cleveland Clinic recommends. It's a powerful antioxidant that helps the body fight off infection. And foods rich in vitamin E include nuts. Yes, nuts, seeds, and spinach. Lately, I've been... Um, I have been eating walnuts and almonds. I've now introduced flaxseed again and a super seed, chia seed. Check it out on YouTube. Watch some good videos on chia seed and flaxseed. Uh, I predict you'll be at the store within 24 hours buying some of that. Now, interestingly, fascinatingly, Israeli researchers say they may have a vaccine for for the coronavirus ready within the next few weeks. I want you to hear the audio from this video clip from ILTV, Israel News, an independent English language media company based in Tel Aviv. A vaccine for the deadly and novel coronavirus. It seems so far away, yet one may be available within just the next 90 days, thanks to researchers at the Israeli Migal Galilee Research Institute. According to a press release from Israeli Science and Technology Minister of Ophir Akunis, Israeli scientists at Migal have formulated the vaccine based on their research for a vaccine against the infectious bronchitis. And if all goes as planned, the finished coronavirus vaccine would be available in every marketplace worldwide soon after. But wait! There's more. Israeli biomed firm Batam Advanced says it's developed an all-new coronavirus diagnostic kit that gives results in as little as 25 minutes. And after testing the kit across several labs and hospitals, Batam says it will begin production ASAP from its Rome facilities. Meanwhile, Israeli government and health authorities are again calling on the nation to exercise extreme caution with respect to the virus's spread. Prime Minister Netanyahu is reminding citizens that anyone with any signs of the virus should call health services immediately immediately for advice, and Israeli hospital staff are likewise participating in a new Inonation social project where they're giving advice to coronavirus patients from all around the world. Isn't that fascinating? I love the Israeli economy and their business sector and their technology. Israel is a small nation in the world, but they outperform. They punch way above their weight with inventions and breakthroughs in technology, breakthroughs in medicine. The Israelis are bringing the heat. And helping 
helping the globe with, uh, with a lot of great um, new, uh, new inventions and new discoveries. Now, Sean Bowles. Sean Bowles recently had a prophecy. This is reported in Charisma News. And I'm going to tell you what he said. Okay? He says, and I'm quoting now, The Lord showed me the end of the coronavirus. The tide is turning now. He is answering the prayers and cries of the nations and is putting an end in sight. The exaggerated fear-based tactics of the enemy and several media outlets for political reasons are coming to an end. The enemy has been trying to distract and steal from several equally important purposes and issues by dominating airwaves with conspiracy and fear. Even now, several vaccines are coming out as well as a natural dying out of the virus itself, the Lord is saying, I am removing the threat of this. Within a short amount of time, the extreme threat will feel as though it is in the the distant past. The very moment I call to you, this is now a scripture from Psalm 56, verse 9, in the Passion Translation. The very moment I call to you for a father's help, the tide of battle turns and my enemies flee. This one thing I know, God is on my side. Check it out in your translation, Psalm 56, verse 9. And if you you have access to the Passion Translation, either online or or you physically have it, you you can read it there as well. I encourage scripture intake all the time, especially in times of stress or crisis. So I don't know what you feel about prophecy. Uh, We'll see how this uh, unfolds, if it's a true prophetic word from the Lord then it will be realized and actuated, right? I do know that Sean Bowles, I do follow him a little bit, and I do know that he has quite a track record of accuracy and credibility and longstanding um, uh, ministry in, in the prophetic. All of these things I'm mentioning, these websites, these resources, everything I'm mentioning in this episode, go to the show, note, show notes page uh, at jesussmart.com slash healthy. And that will be a living, breathing show notes page, and we'll keep adding to it. Now, let me talk to you about Psalm 91. I want to encourage myself, you as a listener, my friends, my relatives, to marinate in Psalm 91. And here's how you do that. You read it. You, you meditate in it, practice what I would call a Psalms 91 mindfulness. Keep it at the front of your prefrontal cortex. And the way you can do that is maybe by just looking at it several times during the day, morning before you go to bed, but maybe a time or two during the day as well. And read it, speak it out loud, confess it. And then I encourage you to pray it, pray the scripture and say it, confess it. And so I'm going to read some of the verses here from the New American Standard. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. Ah, there it is. He will cover you with his pinions And under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. Now I'll pause, and I'm not saying that we put our heads in the sand. I'm saying stay aware with the best information. Practice common sense 
protocol in your personal life, in your work life, i.e. hand-washing, etc. But let's not forget the spiritual. Let's bring a kingdom emphasis to this edge as well. Verse 5, you will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day. Of the pestilence, you will not be afraid of the pestilence. Verse 6, that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. Now, this is really something of a conditional promise of blessing for those who make the Lord their shelter and abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, Jesus said it this way in John 15, you know, talked about that we are to abide in him and he in us. We abide in his word. His word abides in us. So the the psalm uh, continues, uh, no evil, verse 10, will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. Look at that. You will tread upon the lion and serpents and, you know, the cobra. You will tread upon evil and the effects of evil. So again, marinate in Psalm 91. Read it. Read it throughout the day. Build it into, you may want to memorize it over time. Be mindful of it. Practice what I would call a Psalms 91 mindfulness. Pray it and say it. Confess it. Keep it right at the top of your consciousness. And now can we conclude with just some prayer targeting? What are some prayer focus points that we can target? And I'm drawing this from an app called Give Him 15 Daily Prayer. And this happens to be for March the 3rd. I believe this resourcing is connected with Dutch sheets. They say that we believe strongly that this is a worldwide issue and it's going to take the whole church to cry out together for the mercy and healing power of God to contain it. Again, the Give Him 15 Daily Prayer app. I I believe it's Android and Apple. Just go to your stores and you can download it if you'd like. Their first prayer targeting is to pray Psalm 91 over your family and over the nations. We've already... We've already mentioned that, Uh, the Passion Translation of verses 9 and 10 of Psalms 91. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? So pray Psalm 91. That's their first prayer target point. Number two, number two, therefore, during this prayer time, we want to both pray against fear and remind ourselves that God has not given us a spirit of fear. The scripture to go to here is 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sound mind in the Greek actually means safe thinking. Do you know that every thought that you think in your brain releases biochemicals into your system, whether it's a good thought or a toxic thought? You charge your system with hormones and, 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 and biochemicals that go to every cell of your body. Safe thinking, a sound mind. Put down fear, focus on the love of God, focus on the power of God, and focus on healthy kingdom thinking. That's number two. Our third prayer target, 
Because fear can cause us to also make overreactionary or unwise decisions, we pray for wisdom for our leaders to contain the spread of the virus while protecting their people effectively. We pray also for the crisis response teams and emergency responders and healthcare workers in each nation to be protected and to be effective. That's the third prayer target. You know, we have to get like a sniper with prayer, my friend. We have to focus in our prayers. And uh, number four, across the world, people are being faced with the greatest fear known to man, the prospect of our own mortality. I pause there for rhetorical effect. We all know what that is, the prospect of our own mortality. So pray for courage for believers to share Jesus effectively through this time of crisis. And we as believers, I would add, can live courageously in faith. The fear of death has even been removed because of Christ. Number five, many voices across the the world have been saying that the coming of the next great awakening, the next great spiritual awakening is on the near horizon and that it will happen on a worldwide scale. So they're saying that forces of evil would like to use this to either delay or disrupt these coming awakenings and revivals. And this is why we're seeing a global impact. This is what they're saying. So intercede that this will not happen, but rather escalate. That is the awakenings, the spiritual awakening. Can I add here that prayer needs to be rapid response? This is why the New Testament would encourage us to be vigilant in prayer, to be sober, to be alert, because the the um, the resistance and the adversary that we encounter is it's a rapid moving warfare, and so we have to be able to rapidly respond in a proactive way to various various edges and things that are that are unfolding in the battle. That's number five. Number six, make a decree that the coronavirus will cease worldwide and that God will heal all who are currently affected by it. God is a healer. This is obviously, these kinds of things are a result of the fall, a fallen world, a fallen nature, a fallen ecosystem, you know, a fallen animal kingdom. Um, so we need to make a decree. This The powerful decree of faith flows from a powerful secret prayer place. Make a decree that the coronavirus will cease worldwide. And finally, number seven, reconsecrate yourselves and your families and your nation to God. I love this, through the taking of communion. If you've listened to me recently on this podcast, you'll know that I'm on a new experience a new journey with personal communion, and I'm going to be sharing more and more about that as I, as I seek to learn more about it and apply it in my own life. But the taking of communion, they, they say, remember the miracle of Passover and plead and apply the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost of your spheres, your life domains, your significant relationships, you know, I'm adding all this now. Your community, your nation, your region, the nations of the world. Pray for China. Pray for Iran. Pray for Northern Italy, these emerging hotspots. Even South Korea is now an emerging hotspot. It's now leaching into to America. But pray for the containment, the restriction, and the overcoming of this thing.
Well, let's pray right now. Can we pray together for just a few minutes as we close this episode? And we'll just go ahead and try to target some of the things that that the Give Him 15 um, daily prayer app is is, uh, recommending. So, Father, we do enjoin Psalms 91 over our lives, over our homes, over our streets, our businesses, our companies, our schools, uh, our, our, our nations where we live, the region of the world that we're in. We pray that you would excite within us the power of the words in Psalm 91. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Lord, may, may, may these words live within us. May we pray it, may we say it, and may we see the effect of it in our lives. May we mitigate against this virus with the power of proclamation and prayer from Psalms 91. Thank you, Lord, that you are our shield. You are our refuge. We pray against a spirit of fear and intimidation and conspiracy, uh, a spirit of runaway thoughts. And we remind ourselves that, God, you have not given us a spirit of fear, but you've given us a spirit of power and of true big love and of a sound mind, safe thinking. We have the mind of Christ. Thank you, Father. We pray for our leaders that they would not be reactionary or be trapped into making unwise decisions, but that they would move in practical wisdom to contain the spread of the virus while protecting their people effectively. We pray for healthcare workers, that you would give them skill and wisdom and protection in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, this prospect of our own mortality, which is gripping people. Father, you can use this experience right now to bring many people to a saving relationship with you through Christ. May we look at what is historically the greatest fear known to mankind, the prospect of our own mortality. May we be able to look it clear-eyed in the face with the faith of Jesus Christ, the overcoming life, of Jesus Christ. Lord, we align our prayers with what many voices are saying about this next great awakening. We pray in the name of Jesus that there would be no setbacks, no delays, no substitutions, and, but that, and, and that anything that would seek to come and obstruct that, whether it's this virus or anything else, we pray against it in the name of Jesus We pray that it would be degraded and wither and die from the roots like the fig tree and be cast into the sea. Help us in our prayers to be responsive. Help us to be alert and sober and strategically able to to be agile on the battlefield of this thing we call life as kingdom agents in Christ. Thank you, Father. We make a decree that the coronavirus will cease and desist worldwide. May we, through faith and through persevering prayer, tap into the legal aspect of prayer and issue a cease and desist proclamation against this latest thing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Your scripture says that you train our arms for battle. You train our our fingers for war from Psalms. We can run against a troop. We can leap over a wall. We say that with the psalmist. In Christ, we are empowered as warriors. 
and we make a decree that this thing will stop. And now, Father, we reconsecrate ourselves. We reconsecrate our significant relationships and friendships, our families, our nation. We consecrated God to you through the word of God in prayer and through the taking of communion, through the consciousness and the participation in the blood and body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as in the Passover, when the death angel passed over the homes that had the blood applied, so we apply the blood of Christ to the doorpost of our homes, our life domains, our spheres of influence. Thank you, Father. We agree together. Now, Father, may this just jumpstart our prayers. May we continue to consistently pray along these lines with faithfulness in the name of the Lord. We, we believe it, Father. We receive it and we reckon it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen is something more than we just say at the end of a prayer to put a button on it and we don't know really what it means. Amen means I agree. So be it. I'm a downlink on the earth with you, God. I say yes to what you want to do. That's what amen means. Something more in that direction. Well, I encourage you to go to the show notes page, uh, jesusmart.com slash stay healthy. And these prayer points will be on that page. Most everything of what we've mentioned today, even the practical steps to take, like a personal protocol, how to enhance your immune system, all this stuff is going to be on the show notes page. It's going to be a cornucopia of resourcing and links. So I encourage you to share this show notes page with just a lot of people and share this episode with them. Everyone is thinking about this, talking about it. Many people are struggling with it in their own minds and emotions, and they may find this helpful. Again, our heads are not in the sand. We want the best info. We want to stay current with good common sense things, as well as also applying the spiritual, applying kingdom dynamics to this. Thank you for listening today. I appreciate it. To learn more about this podcast, go to jesussmart.com, of course. You can see the show notes page for this episode, jesussmart.com slash stay healthy. Again, links, additional resources. You can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps it to get before more people. It's now on iHeartRadio and Spotify. You can search right on your app. We also have this e-letter, which goes out nearly every week. Next level ideas, we seek to curate insights and resourcing to help us develop as a Christ follower and apprentice of the kingdom of Jesus. Jesus is clear-eyed about this virus. He's not wringing his hands. He's brilliant. He knows how life works best. And we will see you next time. I'm a little bit